0: to Eye on Horror, the official podcast of iHorror.com. This is episode 82, otherwise known as season 5, episode 4. I am your host, James J. Edwards, and with me as always is your other host, Jacob Davison. How are you doing, Jacob? Uh, Doing fine. Not too much uh, to update on. Uh, Just happy to be here as always. We're doing this on a Monday morning. Which is weird, but that's my fault because I had two fifteen-hour days where I couldn't record. Um, also, with us yet again is your other other host, John Korea. How you doing, Korea? Finally, kind of starting to feel like a human again.
1: The uh, the other reason why we couldn't record this weekend was because I was sleeping the whole weekend. Uh, we my uh, my production company recorded its first pilot uh, last week. We shot two episodes in one day and. Boy, howdy, was it hectic! I think I slept all day Friday. Like we we prepped Wednesday, shot both on Thursday, and then uh, I did returns all Friday morning, and then was out cold for most of the day. So yeah, most of the weekend was spent catching back up on sleeps.
0: But yeah, but you you would have woken up to record if I could have done it. So it's all pretty much my fault. Oh yeah, I had to work from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. both days. So
1: oh yeah, it was I- ridiculous. I've basically been fueled by by bang energy drink. I I get like a case, you know, sent by Amazon now once a month. And like it
0: usually lasts me like two weeks. This lasted me a week. Oh, uh, you know, I, I tried bang as a substitute for monster when it was on sale at Costco. It's gross, dude. Monster's much better.
1: Oh, it's all gross. It's all disgusting. I hate everything. <laughs> like I it's hate energy point. drinks, but I hate coffee the taste of coffee more. Uh I just I just need the caffeines. It gives me a lot i
0: I can't can't even stand the smell of coffee so yeah energy drinks are way better um before we hop into things we have some exciting news and Uh um we might need your help uh we've been nominated for a rondo Yes. yeah granted the list of nominees literally looks like a just a list of horror podcasts so it's kind of funny to say we're nominated because there's like 30 nominees but the cool thing is they thought of us that's my big thing because there are a lot of other podcasts where you know because you can write in if, it, if it's not on the list it's basically you can vote for whoever you want but we're one of the actual suggestions which is really cool so yeah vote for us you know this is we're going to shill for this because we're up against some heavyweights and um i really don't want to be embarrassed <laughs> i would like to i would like to have a pretty decent showing since we are one of the choices. Um it's a little clunky the way you vote. Um you have to copy the ballot and then paste it in an email and send it to the guy who has an AOL email address. I think he's been doing it this way for years and it works for him, so as is tradition. Yeah, yeah. But um best podcast is category 19, so y- you don't have to vote for every category if you just want to vote for us just copy that part in and send it off to him. Um, we'll link to the website, but yeah, give us a Rondo award. So we don't get a, We're not going to win.
1: Uh, well, hey, hey, stranger things have happened. Yeah, <laughs> we, we are very excited, though, to even just be listed with there. There's some amazing podcasts on yeah. this list. Yeah. Um, Faculty of
0: and- Horror, Movie Crypt. I mean, yeah. there, there are some heavy hitters and we're like, we're amongst them. So that's pretty awesome. And we do have, we do have Jacob on the team who never loses. It's my gift <laughs>
1: and my curse. It, it is an honor. And if you don't know about the Rondo hot and classic uh, horror awards, they honor the best in classic horror research, creativity and film preservation. This is the 20th year of it. And so we're very excited to be uh, nominated and couldn't be more grateful. So, cause now we're in, uh, an award nominated
0: podcast. Anyway, so we got it out of the way. Um, you only are allowed to vote once. So it, like I said, it's a clunky process, but you only have to do it once. So throw your buddies in uh, at Ion Horror, a bone and vote for us so we don't get embarrassed. <laughs> and maybe we'll be nominated next year too. I don't know how they do the nominations. It might just be whatever the guy who runs it can think of to nominate because it really are. There are a lot of nominations in every category. It's not just like five things like a, like a regular award, you know, like the Oscars or something. So did I just compare the Rondos to the Oscars? Yes, hey, you
2: did. It's they more are. important to
0: us. 100%. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what what have you guys been doing lately? I mean, have you guys been... I know that the big thing that we've all watched, we have to save because it's going to seg into our topic. So what else have you guys been seeing?
2: Oh, uh, I saw Studio 666... The, oh, uh, Foo how, Fighters horror comedy how is movie? that? Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's basically the Foo Fighters as the Scooby-Doo gang, <laughs> but in the Evil
0: Dead. The Foo Fighters. I mean, I I know that Grohl and Taylor are just super charismatic. So I imagine that that's just a lot of fun. Hopefully, are the other the guy are, are there four other guys in that band now? There's a ton of guys in the Foo. They get bigger. Every time uh, see let's see. It was. uh Six, six people, six guys in the band. Yeah, that band gets bigger every time you see it. (laughs) It started out with just Grohl on all instruments, and now there's six guys.
2: Well, you know, (laughs) it's been been a band for like 20 years, but it is also kind of funny because it is self-referential about the band being old because it's about... the Foo Fighters needing to come up with a new album so they decide to rent out this old uh, like recording studio in Hollywood but it's got an evil past and there's been murders there and like another band uh, was killed there and Dave Grohl slowly starts to go Jack Torrance uh, obsessed over trying to uh, come up with a new song and uh, there's an amazing and surprising amount of cameos like this isn't much of a spoiler because he's in the credits but will forte's in it and i mean he's he's just great because he's like this delivery guy with this uh like indie band that keeps on trying to give his demo to dave Grohl while trying to deliver him buffalo wings i love it there's and there's some pretty great creature uh uh, well yeah creature and blood effects uh it was directed by bj mcdonald who did hatchet three so yeah the gore is Uh, really over the top and wild. Uh, There's a scene involving Dave Grohl, a chainsaw and, some other people in bed that was really a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm just always a fan of meta comedies where like, I don't know, actors or musicians or whatever, play kind of exaggerated versions of themselves. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, this is, this the, is end. the end. Yes, yeah. I was just thinking this would make a great double feature, but this is the end.
0: The thing with Grohl, Grohl has a lot of friends, I think. I think he's, he's oh, yeah. just a really popular and affable guy. So it doesn't surprise me there's a ton of cameos. Just without spoiling anything, just a yes or no. Is the D in it? Tenacious d?
2: sadly no oh, oh all right but john carpenter and cody carpenter are in it <laughs> oh fantastic <laughs> yes yeah because they they helped compose the theme song with the food oh
1: yes. uh, yeah that's right yeah
2: uh, but yeah no i thought it was a very fun movie and uh you know it d- didn't do so hot at the box office unfortunately so i'm really hoping it rebounds on like uh digital and video
0: they were going completely on word of mouth i mean i i don't know a single um press person who got an invite to a screening or a link or anything um it didn't have a huge it it was all basically just the food fighters promoting it they i think they dropped the ball with promoting it
2: yeah i don't yeah i mean i saw trailers and commercials but yeah there wasn't a lot of buzz about it i don't don't really get what happened but i guess it's just kind of the
0: way it went yeah um another thing i saw this week besides our topic movie um and i'm hoping that you guys have seen it too it's kind of horror you know fringe horror the batman did you see yes. the Batman? Yes. yes okay the batman nope. we don't want to spoil too much korea's shaking his head we don't want to spoil too much but let's just say people have been comparing it to seven david oh, Fincher yeah. seven and it's completely apt because this the batman brings back the batman detective batman has always been a detective more than a crime yeah. fighter World's in the early comics. detective it yes. was his manager yeah so um this one has him you know basically you know solving crimes and cracking codes and you know and paul dano's riddler is i mean we've we've made my man crush on paul dano you know obvious (laughs) on this you know he i still think he was robbed for not getting an oscar nom for love and mercy but anyway his riddler is horrifying it's it's almost like it's like a cross between um the zodiac killer and patrick bateman he's just this psycho and the thing is he's right And just like I say Bane was right, and I say Thanos was right, the Riddler Mm -hmm. is freaking right. And what he does is he's basically a serial killer, and he's exposing corruption in Gotham City's political and government system. Granted, he's doing it by killing people, so that's not so right, (laughs) but his heart is in the right place. And of course, Batman is on the side of the right. Although it's, it's kind of interesting, though, that Riddler considers himself a vigilante. Just like Batman, so it's like two sides of a coin. It's 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 a it's 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 a head scratcher. It the, the two things people are up in arms about. First of all, Robert Pattinson, the motherfucker, can act. He is great in oh, it. Yeah. And the other thing is the three-hour running time, which you know I do think it's a little padded, but they were going for epic scale, and it was never boring to me. It didn't feel like a three-hour movie, so I was kind of cool with that too. So, you know, the Batman. See, it, it, it's 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 going to be as much fun for a horror fan as a movie can be as a superhero movie could be, I guess. What do you think, Jacob? what do you think?
2: I loved it. I thought it was great. And I did. And I agree that it was cool that it focused more on the uh, psychological and mystery elements rather than action, because we've had plenty of Batman action movies, but this is the first one that went very cerebral with it. Uh, and also I, uh, I thought uh, John Turturro was really great in it. He plays the crime boss, Carmine Fal- Falcone, and he, you know, it's a, it's a more subtle performance, but he's he's just as scary as some of the other villains in the movie. Like, he has some pretty standout scenes. But also, uh, conversely, uh, Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman was really great, too, especially because, you know, like uh, b- between uh, Riddler and her, it's like a comparison of like vigilanteism and like who's fighting and how.
0: It's a very sensitive, por- er, sympathetic portrayal of Catwoman oh, yeah. because she's not seen as a supervillain. She's an ally of Batman's. And um, she kind of plays second fiddle for a lot of the movie. I mean, it doesn't take away from Zoe Kravitz's performance, but, you know, I didn't think that they used Catwoman as much as they could have. He was kind of, she was just as a tool for Batman to solve his crime, I thought. And she had her own motives
2: yeah i was gonna say like I, I felt like she had her own arc so i, I don't quite agree with that but yeah no, and also just in terms of the movie the aesthetic and just kind of the production design on gotham city was incredibly well done uh you know i was kind of feeling like it was right out of the comics and just the, the set pieces were you know between you know like the the buildings and everything were just amazing um Yeah, no, I I just figured it was a really interesting take on uh, on Batman overall, that one that hasn't really been done cinematically before. And I actually want to see it again,
0: like in IMAX. It's weird because I think it's my second favorite Batman movie behind The Dark Knight. And the only reason I put The Dark Knight higher is because I think Heath Ledger is a little bit better of a Joker than Paul Dano is of a Riddler. And I love Paul Dano as a Riddler, but Heath Ledger is an amazing Joker. I do want to see... Robert Pattinson's Batman fight Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Although I don't uh, want to spoil anything, but that's not going to happen because if they're setting this up to be a series.
2: Yeah, no, I I like what uh the D what DC's doing now where they're just kind of doing these kind of standalone ish uh movies and they're not doing like a shared continuity thing.
0: This won't be standalone. You I mean
2: well, I mean, I don't mean standalone as in, you know, like Separate it's going to be just one and done. Oh. I just mean that it's not yeah. going to connect to that other, uh, to that other movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it,
0: and it's not going to connect it to Zack Snyder's the, yeah, the no, Snyder uh, verse. Yeah. yeah
1: be, that's, that's done.
0: This is the Matt Reeves verse.
1: <laughs> yep. I've been saying it for years that DC already had the perfect model on how to do like their stories and that's their animated universe. Cause they did do a connected oh, yeah. like justice league story for like 20 or so animated films while at the same time still adapting and having original stories, but also adapting like specific graphic novels and stuff. And it's like, dude, if you do that, you could technically have three Batman movies come out a year and they'd be totally different uh, movies, you know, like, and I want as excited as I am for the Batman I want goofy Batman back like yeah, Adam West Batman. We haven't had a like a like a fun, goofy Batman movie since Lego Batman movie. And I yeah. thought that was an amazing Batman Joker
0: uh, relationship portrayed <laughs> in that one. There's nothing goofy about this Batman, about the Batman at all. It, it's weird because the thing is, one of the, the first needle drop in the movie is Nirvana's Something in the Way, and that sets the tone for the whole, you know, it, you know, you, you can almost hear the rain coming. It's it's not not quite like the crow, but that's the kind of tone of it. It's like, you know, it's just real dark and dreary and complete brooding. with eyeshadow. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think all Batman have have the eyeshadow to keep. Well, this is,
2: apparently, this is the first time we've seen uh, Bruce Wayne with the eyeshadow before putting on the mask. Before putting, okay. <laughs> we always see it
1: post mask, never pre mask. Um, yeah. So I didn't watch the Batman, but I did finally correct a wrong that happened to me this year. Watch a really great disaster movie, which, as we all know, I did not like Moonfall. uh, But I absolutely loved um, The Burning Sea, which is the new movie from the producers of The Wave and the Quake. Uh, It's a Norwegian disaster film all about, like, uh, it takes place in the Norwegian Sea, in the North Sea, and um, these kind of titanic plates shift, which is causing, like, oil rigs. To go down. Uh, they make reference to Deepwater Water Horizon, uh, but it was just basically they were like, oh, yeah, you know, deep, how bad is it? They're like, oh, you know, Deep Water Horizon. That was just one thing. We have 135 in this sea. And it's like, oh, snap. And it's fantastic. They do a great job with the tension. Uh, all the, you know, there's not as great of character development uh, as the previous two films. They have a whole new cast and people because the first two films kind of follow this one guy and his family which after two natural disasters of this one guy being involved with, you're kind of like, all right, he doesn't, uh, you're stretching it a little
0: thin. But Is the it the same guy in the wave and the quake?
1: No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a new set of characters. Uh, but, but their roles make sense, like why they're there. So like um, the main character, she's a robotics uh, person, uh, engineer and she, her and her part, uh, her and her um, coworker, they work on, Uh, these kind of like snake robots that uh, are are aquatic and they're used to like retrieve stuff from deep underwater. And so they get brought in by the oil company to see if there's any survivors because a platform fell off. And from there, they start to realize, oh, wow, this is much bigger than what it is. And her boyfriend is an oil rig worker and they really do a good job of going into how important like the oil rigging is to the economy of that area, like the dynamics of it. And uh, it's really interesting, like the points that they go like, oh, what if we, you know, the moment you meet the oil corporation, they go, you have to sign this NDA. And it's like, oh, are we going to get evil corporation thing? But they don't get cartoony with it. Because sometimes, you know, with that, it's like, we have to keep production going no matter what with this. They're like, no, we have to excavate people now. There's like one person who's at one point just goes, so what happens if we if we if we keep working until it happens? They're like, oh, and they demonstrate it using a pen like. If we don't pull this thing out, it will dump all this oil out into the thing and it will cause catastrophic likeness to not only the environment, but to the economy of like every country touching the sea, which is most of Europe. Um, but it's really fantastic. Uh, the tension is there. There's no real like, Oh, that was a dumb move. You did a dumb thing just to create tension. Like everything happens for a reason. Uh, again, this, the series of films, they, they, follow every plot point every trope of like a hollywood disaster film but they just use it as like a blueprint to actually do some really good stuff there's no like you'll see it like especially in moonfall you get like the cowboy that comes in and it's like you're the only one that can save us max strong man uh there's no character like that everyone's just like a person who just happens to know Things because of their job and they're
0: caught in this. There's no Ron Perlman in Don't Look Up. <laughs>
1: yeah, the, yeah, exactly. There's no there's no space cowboy coming in to save the day. Um, the effects are really great. Um, there's this very harrowing moment where like shit goes absolutely wrong. So oil is just pouring out, and they go, "What happens if this happens?" Well, it's going to basically destroy the entire economy of Norway, and everyone's devastated. They're like, "Oh my god!" And then they go. And then it's going to go to every other country. It's going to go to England. It's going to hit this. It's going to hit this. And it's going to take over a century to clean up. And they're like, well, what do we do? And they're like, we have to set the sea on fire. And you're like, what? (laughs) <laughs> How are they going to set the sea on fire? So it's
0: not just a clever name. No, dude.
1: <laughs> no, they they legitimately fire missiles at the sea, which sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but it makes sense. Like it's not it's it's not moonfall where the moon's falling into the you know what I mean? And and that You're was right. really this ref-
0: sounds like an asylum flick. No,
1: it's, it's the exact opposite, dude. Like these these this series of films, I can't rave about the wave, the quake and now the burning sea enough. These films are entertaining
0: um they're well made um i think i've only seen the wave yeah um of the three but i loved it i thought it was terrific it's it's, like you said it's just non-stop tension dude that highway scene in
1: the wave when they're trying to like go up the zigzag uh highway while the wave is coming is so harrowing And it was and it's just so interesting, like, because we love disaster movies in my house. So we're like, as soon as we finish it, we're like, fuck, do we go back and watch the wave? And I was like, no, no, no. I have this Korean uh, tsunami movie called Tidal Wave. Let's watch that. And it's almost a comedy. Like, (laughs) like, it's like an hour and 20 minutes before you actually get to any Tidal Wave stuff. And there's just like a lot of goofy stuff happening with the characters. And I'm like, this is not the disaster movie I need right now. I need emotional stakes. I need high tension. I don't, why is that movie was so weird? Like I I couldn't finish it, but yeah. Uh, burning sea, uh, the wave and the quake. I can't recommend those movies enough. Uh, go, go watch them. There's, there's so much fun.
0: I saw another thing that is kind of just tangentially horror. It's actually not horror at all, but it does have a monster that new, uh, movie turning red oh yeah that, the, pixar the, movie. The, the animated yeah the, the pixar movie um say,
1: that's a pixar movie that's yeah very, <laughs> it is
0: you know what the thing is French i thought, guy i it again i know he, well here's he, the, the, the it connects trust me. <laughs> um okay at first i thought that it was going to be because basically it's about this little girl who um she just randomly starts turning into a big red panda big red panda monster and um At first, I thought it was going to be just like a thinly veiled metaphor for puberty and, you know, turning red, you know, you know, menstruation kind of a thing. But it turns out it's kind of more without giving too much away. It's kind of more on the Teen Wolf side of things where, like, you know, she turns into this big panda and she figures out what makes her turn into this panda. So it gets to a point where she can kind of do it on will. And, of course, she uses it. Not to join the basketball team exactly like in Teen Wolf, but she uses it for gain at school and stuff.
1: Does she join the wrestling team like in no. Teen Wolf too?
0: <laughs> no, the superior <laughs> film, nothing like that. But her, um, it's it's her and her friends want to go see this boy band called I think they're called Four Town, and but they need they need I think it's two hundred bucks a ticket or something like that. So they find a way to make money. Put it that way, <laughs> using using the red panda anyway it's it's cute it's um by the time this posts it will already be on i think disney plus is where it's going to be so you'll be able you by the time this posts if you care about it you probably already seen it but it's it's fun you know and it does have a monster so i'm talking about an iron horror
2: <laughs> uh on my end uh i just got uh the new 4K release of John Woo's Hard Target, yeah. which uh, I, I don't think I'd ever seen the whole thing. But, yeah, it was produced. And also, I didn't even realize it was produced by Sam Raimi. So, And it kind of has or it, or it just kind of feels like it's in style with him because it is one of the most over the top 90s action movies I think I've ever seen. Yeah, so it's basically like uh, Lance Henriksen and uh, I was a trouble with his name. Uh, Ar- Arnold Vosloo are bad guy mercenaries who run a uh, most dangerous game thing in New Orleans where rich people can hunt homeless veterans and uh, they have the wrong veteran killed who had family. And then she's looking for her father. And then John claude Van Damme is this veteran named chance Bordeaux who
0: (laughs) very new Orleans oh
2: yeah (laughs) who hook who hooks up with her and tries to help her find her father and like expose and stop the uh human hunting ring and oh my god this movie is so over the top I loved it you know just I mean of course there's the classic stuff with like uh uh John Clyde Van Damme beating up a snake he like punches a rattlesnake and then uses it as a trap and uh one of the things I love that my roommate pointed out when we were watching is that he repeatedly shoots people and then roundhouse kicks them to make sure they're extra dead.
0: Are they still standing up? He shoots them and before no, they he fall shoots. Down, he... Well, I mean, yeah, they're just still
2: standing, <laughs> and then he just like roundhouse kicks them, and then they're dead. And Lance Henriksen is really good in it as the as the bad guy role because like he's this experienced hunter and he's got this special custom gun that's just like uh like this pistol rifled with like one giant bullet that he uses just like blow shit up and yeah it's oh and of course Wilford Brimley plays a Cajun moonshiner and best friend of Jean-Claude Van Damme who helps them out and like lay traps and stuff in the swamps
0: what's his name Uncle Dove okay, okay. Uncle Dove. not quite as good as Chance Bordeaux
2: <laughs> yeah i, I no, they, they do speak French repeatedly for the movie, and it is just kind of funny to see uh, Wilford Brimley do a, like go as Cajun as, as humanly
1: possible and also drink uh, pure moonshine. Which, all of that makes sense, because like Jean-Claude Van Damme has a very thick French accent, and I always uh, really appreciate in 90s action films with Jean-Claude Van Damme where they try to explain his accent And so, like, it just makes sense. Oh, yeah, he's from New Orleans. It's like, oh, okay, that works. Or like he's the muscles from Brussels. Yeah, he's the muscles from Brussels. But then there's also like sudden death where it's like, why are you here? Mr. (laughs) Thickly French man. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was French special forces. He's Darren McCord. And, you know, (laughs) but now he's in Chicago. I think it's Chicago. what a fun diehard ripoff that sudden death was.
2: I got I to gotta see that one. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, hard targets, a lot of fun. And there's a particularly amazing set piece where they use an actual Mardi Gras parade warehouse of all these crazy ass Mardi Gras floats and puppets and stuff and just have a shoot on there. And when they shoot stuff like confetti and, uh, and beads explode everywhere, it's, uh. it's like as a new as new Orleans an action movie can get. And uh, yeah, this is put out by Kino Lorber and it's an amazing transfer too. like one of the best four K's I've seen. Uh, and yeah, no, just it, 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 holds up especially well. Like I could watch it like a dozen more times.
1: Yeah. It makes for a great Mardi Gras double feature with bad Lieutenant Porto call new Orleans. Oh yeah. That, that would be a great double feature. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> Let's move on. The- We've been saving something else that we all saw for now because we're going to lead into our topic. Um, let's talk Texas Chainsaw Massacre, twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's do we've it. We all watched it. Um, what do you guys think? I had a realization right before <laughs> watching it. I'm so that. glad you started talking first. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really want to hear this.
1: I, I had a realization. Uh, w- right before I hit play. That I since I've been watching movies, you know, cognitive enough to watch it. So like 10 or 12, uh, basically since the first remake uh, of Texas Chainsaw came out, I have never been excited for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie coming out. Um, So my expectations were pretty low uh, for this. And you know what? It was it was fine. Uh, There was a few segments involving modern technology that I really, really irritated me. Uh, but you know what like yeah the character development wasn't too great with a lot of it there was some stuff that i really dug what they did with some of the characters there was a lot of stuff about gentrification you know because it's all about this group of millennials coming in to revitalize harlow texas and you know that's where leatherface has been kind of not in hiding but has just been like kind of it's where he's been living it's where he's been living laying low you know uh he's been taken care of there and through a series of unfortunate events, you know, Leatherface gets unleashed again. Uh, and you know, the the cinematography in it is very phenomenal. There's a lot of so- shots in it where I was like, man, that is beautiful. And, and the kills are great. Uh, there's some really fantastic kills in there. Uh, there's a scene where Leatherface just goes onto a bus full of people. Yeah.
0: So and I was, was- going to say, this is, this is our first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie where there's actually a chainsaw massacre. massacre yeah. because he Texas. goes onto a full (laughs) and you know this isn't really spoiling anything because you know it's going to happen as soon as you see it starting yeah but yeah he massacres an entire bus full of people and it's beautiful i was as it was happening because you see the bus you see as soon as they go everyone in
1: the bus you're like oh this is going to happen next act next act this is going to happen and then you see him (laughs) enter the bus and i was sitting there i was all giddy and then they had everyone whip out their Phones to fucking Facebook Live it, and that's when I went fuck you movie.
0: And doesn't one of them say something like "You're about to be canceled" or something Uh, stupid like that?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, that that was very cringe. Horror horror filmmakers, please, you do not need to insert. There's another modern technology thing at the end that I will not spoil, but it. That's when I super went, I'm glad this movie is over because that bit, you don't need to insert modern technology stuff all the time into things that totally killed the momentum of the scene. Like once, like, you know, he started the massacre, it was dropped and no one was on their phones anymore. Cause yeah, understandable. You're going to not be on your phone (laughs) during that. And it was harrowing. It was, it was traumatizing. Um, the, the comparisons that they did to, um, Cause uh, one of the characters who's played um, by um, the actress from eighth grade, she Elsie Fisher, there we go. Elsie Fisher, her character survived a school shooting. So there's a lot of talk and stuff in that. And during the bus massacre scene, they make those comparison flashback shots with it, which makes it even, which gives like a bigger impact to like the, the trauma that's happening to anyone who may survive that. And, it's, it's just undercut with the fucking Facebook live thing. And like, ah, I, I loved so much of what was happening with that scene. It was just that one little like bit in the beginning of it that just like took me out of it hard. Um, But yeah, I I thought it was really great. Uh, They brought back uh, Marilyn, the character at least. Yeah. yeah, They couldn't, uh, they couldn't bring back Marilyn Burns. Yeah. And you know, it, I was kind of excited to see um, how they were going to not do the potential of them not doing like what they did with Laurie Strode's and Halloween. And, you know, I kind of like the idea of her kind of being like a possibly as bad as Leatherface, you know, cause it looked like she was going to use like some of the survivors as bait for him. Uh, but they really didn't do much with her. Um, you could, could have almost just dropped her, dropped her whole thing. And it, wouldn't have changed much, you know? Yeah.
2: And also like, she's got a backstory now where she was a Texas Ranger, which was awesome and made total sense. Like
1: I dug that, but like they didn't
0: really yeah. do much. They, they, they tried to Ripley her, you know, they, they, they tried to turn her into Laurie's like, Road. yeah, they tried. Yeah. They tried to turn her into like, like a, um, sarah connor's kind of a thing you know yeah but yeah i i didn't think that really worked um like you korea my bar was set so low on this because i'm like are you kidding me you know they, i mean i love the 2003 texas chainsaw but the the other ones you know 3d and that last leather face one the they're new just beginning yeah new beginning <laughs> Yeah, those those have just not done it for me. So my bar was set pretty low, and for what it is, I really really enjoyed it. It's not going to make my top ten list, but it's first of all, it's the perfect length. It's like eighty four minutes, eighty five minutes. It's like it gets in, gets bloody, gets out, and you know there you are. I was irritated by some of the same things as you. You know, like like Jacob said that that cancel line is just cringe. You are like, oh really? Who who wrote this and how did it end up in the finished movie? But just for what it is, which is a movie about a guy carving people up with a chainsaw, I I was fine with it. I, I really don't understand the
1: extreme reactions people are having to this movie. There are people that absolutely loathe this movie, and there are people that absolutely are head over heels over it, and I... I thought it was a fine. I thought it was fine. You know, like I, I had fun. I, you know, I, I walked away. It, it didn't commit the mortal sin of being boring. You know, yeah. um, I, I am able to recall a lot of the movie after. And, you know, that speaks high volumes to me. But yeah, I, it, people
0: are getting very toxic online over this one. And I, it just doesn't feel worth it. And they're getting defensive. Like if, if you don't like it and, and someone who does, he, he, they want to fight you. Yeah. It's like, dude, relax. It's a movie. How boring would the world be if we all had the same opinions?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same consensus that I just, yeah, I thought it was an okay movie. Uh, you know, expectations were low, of course, but uh, yeah, no, uh, like Jonathan said, it wasn't boring, so that's always a plus. Uh, I think its biggest problem actually was that it was a texas chainsaw massacre movie cuz i really feel like if it was just its own thing if it was its own thing it probably would have gotten higher regard cuz i mean it's just uh you know basically a straight up old school uh rough and tumble slasher it's just if it didn't have the uh texas chainsaw massacre trappings then it would probably would have had a lot more leg to stand on cuz the other thing is it's like you got leatherface but where are the other Sawyers? yeah like, you know You know, because a a big thing of what the more recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies miss about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that it wasn't just Leatherface, it was his family. Like he, he wasn't even like the main bad guy in the first few Texas Chancellor Master movies. He's like an instrument of the Sawyer family. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's so you know, it's just he was more iconic. So it just kind of turned to like a Jason or Freddy thing where Leatherface uh, became the face of the franchise, and you know, they kept on using him, even if the context was not exactly uh, befitting.
1: Well, I mean. That's definitely prevalent in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 cuz that's when New Line took over the series and oh yeah they wanted their next Freddy. They wanted their next Jason Fighter, you know what I mean?
0: You mean Texas Chainsaw Leatherface Texas Chainsaw 3?
1: Yes, yeah, sorry. Leatherface the Texas Chainsaw Massacre That one
0: still had the family though. Like hardcore had the family. Yeah, it
1: had yeah. uh what's his name from Lord of the Rings?
0: Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But but the focus still When you look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre one and two, when Toby Hooper was in charge, the focus was hardcore more on the Sawyers and like Leatherface's Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. The title. Right, right. Which I still to this day say the best part of that movie is the teaser, the Excalibur-esque chain uh, coming out of the water. Yeah, man, if only we had gotten that movie,
2: (laughs) although I do, although I do like Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. And, and again, it does actually have his family in it, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah. So l- let's let's steer this towards what our topic is, which it's going to be what what's this the new Scream movie lovingly calls requels. I don't know if I've ever heard that term before. That was that a thing? Requel before? Yeah, screen? I'd heard
2: I'd heard the term used before uh,
0: in regards to kind of recent trends in cinema franchises. But it's it mainly what it is is um it's sort of like uh th- they're movies that that kind of take the ball and run with it from something like I, I I don't want to call them remakes I don't want to call them sequels so requels is kind of weird but like like Halloween the, the 2018 Halloween it basically ignores everything that happened from the second sequel on and you know just starts it again so it's it, it's a requel and that's kind of what we're doing here with Texas Chainsaw it kind of you know ignores everything that happened except for the first one Scream didn't do that but that's because scream is so damn meta. They're not going to ignore. They need that mythology, (laughs) but they, (laughs) but they
1: make fun of it. I mean, even calling the Scream five scream is kind of poking fun at Texas chainsaw tech, poking fun at Halloween. It's poking fun of Halloween is what I think they mostly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I mean, the idea of requels isn't new. I mean, H2O did it where it erased everything from uh, three on uh, up until then. Um, and then Texas Chainsaw Jesus—that series has been reekled. How many? Every single Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie has, be, after three or four, maybe, has basically gone back and been like, "All right, we're going back to the seventies. We're we're
0: re, we're erasing everything from there." They've tried to restart it, forgetting all the sequels. Is this the third time they've tried it, or the fourth? Fourth, maybe. Yeah, you know. they've they just yeah they just keep trying. And the thing is, what. It, it almost the Texas Chainsaw movies to me kind of have to be treated as individual movies about the same the same family, the Sawyer family, you know, and so it, it's when like, wh- what was the one that came right after the 2003? Was that the beginning? Yeah, the beginning. Uh, yeah, the, it was the beginning. Yeah, that one. That one was dull to me. But I love the 2003 one, which was a straight remake of the original pretty much. And yeah, I still got to see those. It, you you haven't seen the 2003 one with. the uh, no. Yeah, okay.
2: I haven't seen the Platinum Dunes,
0: Texas Chainsaw. You, you need to see that one. That one's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. other ones you could probably, you know, <laughs> the beginning you could probably skip. Jay and I are on very opposite sides of the
1: spectrum when it comes to the 2003 Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> the
0: 2003 one, I thought, was, the thing is, I no one was more skeptical than me when that was announced. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on, you can't remake something. But it, it got me. It scared the shit out of me. And I, I thought it was incredible. I can't believe you don't like it.
1: But uh, back to requels and not just remakes. <laughs> um, but uh, but I mean, yeah, you had Texas Chainsaw 3D. You had um, uh, there was a there was another one in there. I, I, I lose. I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of this uh, Texas Chainsaw as a series. Uh, two is still my favorite just because of how bonkers it is. Uh, there's no better needle drop than Oingo Boingo's "No One Lives Forever" while yuppies are getting cut up. Uh, but, um, you know, recalls, it, 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 I know it's a lot, it's very popular now, especially since 2018's Halloween, but it has, we, it has been going on for a very long time. Uh, you know, again, H2O and all that. Um, and now David Gordon Green is doing, uh, it with the Exorcist series. They're supposed to be recalling that, but they already did it and they did it fantastically with the Exorcist TV series, uh, that was on Fox for two seasons. That one they brought up, they basically ignored all the sequels and created this great story that harkens back to the original possession with Reagan and infused it with like this big conspiracy within the church. There's like literally a point where a priest goes is talking to a cardinal and he goes has the church been compromised and it's just like, (laughs) it's like, what is up with this secret, like spy uh, unit of the church of, you know, they're spies and exorcists. It's really awesome. And then it worked as an anthology series where each season was going to follow a different family and they canceled it after two seasons. I will never be not pissed about that, but um But yeah, what are some of your guys' favorite requels that have come out? Um, Well, to go
2: with the obvious, uh, I've been a big fan of uh, the David Gordon Green Halloween requels uh, franchise. Uh, I really loved uh, Halloween and I really enjoyed Halloween Kills uh, and looking forward to Halloween ends. And, you know, it was just kind of a distillation of um, uh, the franchise and, and, you know, just uh, you know, even though it was a direct continuation from the original Halloween, it kind of kept in style with the later ones with just Michael going ape on people. And I do like the idea that, you know, the, well, the first two movies take place over the course of one Halloween night. And I guess we'll see what happens with uh, Halloween ends. And of course, it's always great to see Jamie Lee Curtis as Lori. And uh, yeah, it, I just,
0: yeah, no, I just I saw, I've seen both of them in theaters and both of them are good. I really like them. Yeah, I, I like Halloween um a lot. I wasn't as big a fan of Halloween kills. I thought it just got kind of goofy and the whole, you know, torches and pitchforks thing that they had going. But um Oh, I like that. Oh, I loved it. I think Halloween 2018 w- was terrific. And remember, the original Halloween one and two all took place over the same Halloween night too. So yeah. it, it's kind of following that. So maybe for Halloween Kills, he'll go completely different and do a Halloween Three. No, I don't. Season of the Witch. <laughs> Surprise!
1: <laughs> Surprise! Halloween ends as Season of the Witch Part Two. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be awesome. But what about Leprechaun? Because Leprechaun has oh yeah, has been done yeah. like
2: I think it got the requel twice. It did uh, with Stephen uh Leprechaun
1: Returns. That yeah. that was a really good one too. And then it also got like a remake prequel with
0: origins. Yeah. Uh,
2: that was not as good.
1: No, no.
0: <laughs> the other one that was really good that I really loved was Candyman, which yes. oh, yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah. pretty straight requel because it pretty much is the same as the first movie, but they take the first movie's mythology. So it is a sequel because all that first movie shit with Helen's actually happened, but it's pretty much the same movie. It's just, you know, insert, black artist instead of white researcher,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was done fantastically because it great. It it did ignore two and three, which I still need to watch three. Sorry. Uh, Day of the dead. I haven't watched you yet, even though I own two copies now, weirdly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, that one was absolutely fantastic and uh, do continuing and improving on a lot of the themes and what the first movie was trying to do. And it successfully avoided Candyman becoming Like, because Candyman was never a Freddy Krueger uh, credit. Candyman was never a, uh, or at least intended to be a Jason Voorhees type character. You know, he had his mythology, had his origins, all that stuff. But he was more of just the idea of uh, the urban myth and the and mythology that we tell at fires and stuff. And so, I thought that one was an incredible uh, continuation on on those themes. Whereas Candyman Two was. Very much so like, oh yeah, now Candyman's kind of a slasher, you know. Yeah. But
0: Candyman too, I liked Candyman too, The Farewell to the Flesh, because it is um it's almost it's like his origin story. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I like that. I don't know that I've seen Day of the Dead myself. I would probably have to like start watching it and then see if I remember it or not. I'm not Was Day of the Dead the one in New Orleans? They both were. Uh, both sequels were,
2: yeah. How come Candyman didn't fight Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs>
0: That's the movie. Why didn't he fight Chance Bordeaux? Chance Bordeaux <laughs> against what's his name? Daniel Robitaille. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: hard target. Hard target three. Hard Candyman. Hard Candyman. Just call Hard Candy. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. That movie's been made. <laughs> that is. Oh man, Hard Candy was great. Elliot Page. God damn, that was that was a performance. Yeah, but come on, John Clay Van Dam versus Candyman. We need it. We need it. It could happen. That's the next requel.
2: Um, uh, yeah, no, I was going to say, actually, another favorite requel of mine was Terminator Dark Fate. You know, the one where Sarah Connor comes back and, uh, you know, is interesting because it was post T2 and it just kind of was like they they did win in T2, but now the timeline has shifted. So now it's this other person is, is the Sarah Connor and Sarah Connor has to help her and. I don't know. Is it it okay if I say a spoiler? Yeah. Yeah. Is is that they team up with Arnold Schwarzenegger's T-800 again. uh, And yeah, no, just, I thought that one was very underrated and did an excellent job in uh, continuing the franchise.
0: I don't think that's really a spoiler. I think that that was like the plot of the movie that, that that, uh, Schwarzenegger's Terminator helped them.
1: Yeah. The spoiler would be revealing how that Terminator came to be in the timeline and like its story. So we, we avoided the good spoilers, but no, Dark Fate was I saw that opening weekend in IMAX and I was yeah. so pissed that it did not do as well as it did, because that was hands down the best Terminator anything since T2. Exactly. And there's been a lot of Terminator content that has come out since T2. And oh, yeah, this blew it all out of the park. It, it addressed a lot of the issues with the original mythology. It. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, it's convoluted. It's like, first of all, time travel is always going to be convoluted because you create rules and you break them constantly. So at least this one had fun with it. And it wasn't afraid to go to places that previous versions weren't. You know, uh, one aspect of it is very spoilery, but uh, what they do with John Connor in the. Uh, Dark oh, yeah. Fate is very like you would never uh, do that in the originals, but they did do like really terrible stuff with that, like making him a Terminator in like two <laughs> of the fucking like yeah. previous reboots. That's another series that's been recalled a lot with Genesis and Salvation, kind of, and like and Terminator Three, T three was that a recall or was that just a? Oh well, no, that was a straight up continuation, but. I don't remember anything from that except the deleted scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger had a terrible Southern accent. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what do you guys see this trend continuing? Like, do you think that every major horror franchise needs a requel?
2: Well uh, you know, it's interesting. I was, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I feel like it's just kind of the uh, nature of, of trends with horror franchises, because, you know, I'm thinking back. It, here's how we ended up here, because the original trend in the 80s and 90s was direct to video. And, you know, like either to control rights or, you know, just because it was cheaper, so many horror franchises ended up with ri- a ridiculous amount of horror sequels, usually direct-to-video or in theaters or, you know, just keep it on going. So especially Hellraiser was oh, super guilty Hellraiser, of that. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's a, a thing. It's like, how you know, a, a lot of times it's just you can't really salvage something that's been run into the ground. So you got to start fresh uh, especially you know if if it's a franchise has been kind of on uh pause for a while or you know it's just got so many ridiculous ass sequels there's nowhere else to go so i feel like it's it's like the trends are are circling It's like a domino effect or something um so i do think that requels especially since there have been a decent amount of successful ones will be kind of the trend for the immediate future but you know what comes after who knows
0: speaking of of franchises that have gone off the rails. Did you guys see that there's now an Amityville in space coming? Yes. Ugh. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't care. You knew it was coming though. Yeah. I love the
1: I love the poster it's just a house in space. With like a menacing face asteroid as its base part. Like yeah I Yeah, well I mean that's a thing. Amityville is a loose
2: franchise because just any schmuck can put Amityville in, in their title because it's copyright
0: free. Well that's how we end up with movies like Amityville Island. Amityville shark <laughs> amityville werewolf oh that's so clever amityville movies
1: they they never got better than the haunted item series those yeah four. the curse collection and then and then the parody uh the adult one which i don't know if we go there on this podcast but anyways um, <laughs> but i mean like it, it makes sense there's like you were touching upon jacob there's definitely a fatigue that happens and then but usually it just turns to a straight remake so like with to the uh, Halloween franchise, you got the fatigue by six, and so they did the requel with H uh, two O, where it, it picks up from two on, and you got all that recon, and then you had an immediate fatigue with Halloween Resurrections, um, which led to the Rob Zombie movies, which again immediate, you know, there was just like an immediate fatigue with the second film. It kept happening with that franchise, and so I think 2018 was the way to go, but. I don't know if and then I get that people are scared to do a straight up remake, especially after the the era of remakes that Texas Chainsaw kicked off with, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, where, well, Friday the 13th, that's that's a legal battle that's keeping that franchise from coming back. But with Nightmare on Elm Street, like it did decent at the box office, but like, man, did it get dragged through the mud uh, through the series with the reviews. it's a horrible
0: movie.
1: Yeah, man, it's not great. He
0: tell don't don't tell me you like that one. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm no, I, no. Uh, okay, so we agree on on that. No, 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 we <laughs> we agree on that one. But the re,
1: but the uh, but even uh, Friday the Thirteenth remake was more of like a, a like a like a reboot of the entire series because that movie felt like the jason movie that you remember but never was made it was like a greatest hits almost
0: it's almost a remake of um parts two and three yeah because yeah. first of all jason's the killer spoiler alert for a movie that's 45 years old jason's the killer and he's got the hockey mask so it's basically yeah. you know it's a remake of two and three But I like that Friday the 13th remake. Oh, Uh, yeah. No, me too. Derek
1: Mears was a fantastic Jason. Also, uh, my Bloody Valentine 3D was a fantastic uh, and fun time. So, I mean... It's, it's one of those questions where it's like, does this trend need to keep going? Do you think it should be put in the grave? Uh, like I said before, I'm a huge, huge fan of the Exorcist TV series. And I think that that's the perfect example of doing a requel right. And that's fully changing the format, fully changing everything and like having that bit of a connection to the original. But for every Exorcist, the series, there's also Damien, which was the Omen <laughs> series, which fantastic premise. I 100% want a shot at redoing that series. But man, that execution was who was it? I think it was made for A and E, which is like, why is this on that? Oh, yeah. um, but also Hannibal, Hannibal, the series was kind of a kind of in that line too. Cause it was a prequel to red dragon but also incorporating a lot of bits and pieces and storylines from the different books and whatnot. So I, I honestly think that if they're going to keep doing requels, they, we need to continue making TV shows of it. What do you guys think? I could definitely see TV
2: becoming a trend again, especially with streaming platforms. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to gauge because, yeah, it's like basically a lot of these franchises are starting fresh. But well, now that you mention it, there's also the uh, Fede Alvarez uh, standalone alien movie that was just announced. Uh, and on top of that, they're doing that con- simultaneously with the Noah Howley alien TV show for Hulu. So I, I do it does seem like that could be a similar trend.
0: Fede Alvarez did the uh, evil dead requel, I guess. Right. I mean, a remake it's, it. Well, yeah, but I think it takes place in the same universe though, because it um, does
1: because of the stinger. Yeah, ah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, That one, we thought it was a remake. We thought it was a requel. And then at the last second, they were like, nope, this is just a sequel. We fucked with
0: all of you. (laughs) That's kind of what the Exorcist TV show did until Gina Davis shows up and you're like, okay, now I'm on board.
1: (laughs) You mean when Gina Davis truly shows up? Yeah. Well, yeah, Uh, yeah. She's
0: phenomenal in that. Uh, I
1: I could do an entire episode on that series. I'm rewatching it right now. It's so fucking good. Uh, (laughs) but I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted the topic this week to be Texas Chainsaw and requels is because I don't know about you guys, but when I was first announced and saw the trailers and all that, I was like, does this series need it? Like, are we, are we at that tipping point? I mean, scream five just came out and just totally like tore apart and, uh, you know, pointed out every trope with requels going from star Wars to, you know, the horror franchises and, Now that we have TCM doing it and uh, Halloween, it's like, I know we have, what is it? Two competing
0: Hellraiser projects coming out soon, too. We have a series and a movie. Here's what is, I think we are going to see a lot of them. And here's why. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre has laid the groundwork because basically, whether people loved it or hated it, they watched it and it was on Netflix. So Netflix, it was the most watched show on Netflix for that week. And I think I saw somewhere, I mean there there were millions and millions of people watched it. And that's all they care about. They don't care about the reviews. They care about eyeballs on the screen. Yeah. So as long as the platforms are going to release them, you know, as long as the Hulu's and the Netflixes and the Amazon Primes are going to show these shows, And and it's unfortunate because they don't, they won't care about the quality. They're just going to care about initial buzz and then go from there because they, you know, they, they don't have to worry about making money at the box office because Netflix stuff is technically free, even though it isn't, but people consider it free because they're already paying for Netflix. So they just want the eyeballs on the screen and that's what buzz gets you. And that's why they just need to get the right people behind it. I mean, uh, Jordan Peele came on
1: very early on to produce uh, Candyman. And then with uh, Child's Play, it's a really weird thing out of how they had the remake, you know, happen. And then now we have the awesome TV show going on at the same time. I think each franchise needs something different, you know. Uh, Let there be a whole mess of text Chainsaw Massacre movies. I like it when they that's I like how that series was never consistent and was always weird. Next generation is like a weird I love it. It's 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 not it's no TCM2,
0: but hey okay. I just had a brilliant idea for a TV show. This is like one of the one of those Uh nature one of those, you know, nature like like a crocodile hunter kind of a thing but it's Jaws (laughs) a Jaws TV show where but it's shot like a reality show where they 're hunting the shark, and the shark just ends up just eating the crap out of all of them, oh yeah, uh. someone make that
1: I thought, I thought give me money to make it, it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a night of the demon show where it's like they're hunting for like a like an animal, but it turns out to be a penis ripping off sasquatch you know? <laughs> or or it would be like it'd be like a Steve Irwin type parody show, and then all of a sudden they encounter the the Beast, uh, the boar
0: from uh, uh, Razorback Razorback. Yeah. OK, let's have penis ripping off Sasquatch be the final thought for this episode. Let's yeah. get the hell out of here. So uh, what are your favorite requels? What did we miss? What are we not appreciating enough? Um, people tell Korea how he's wrong about the 2003 <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Again, it's <laughs> or tell me that I'm wrong if it's not your thing. Or tell us that we're all wrong, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because how boring would the world be if we all have the same opinion? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Let's. What are your favorite requels? Let's let's hear it. Um, our theme music is from Restless Spirits, so you should go and hear them too. Um, our artwork is from Chris Fisher. Uh, you should treat your eyeballs to some of his art. Um, you can find us on any and all social media platforms, except I don't think that Korea has made our grinder yet um but uh (laughs) you can find us on all those and you can find (laughs) us on ihorror.com which is the site that we all call home and uh yeah let's call this one an episode so um until until the requel in two weeks and don't forget to vote for us on the rondo hot and classics horror
1: awards we're very proud of this nomination
0: take a few minutes and vote for us for the rondos And um, we will see you in a couple of weeks. So for me, James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison. And I'm Jonathan Korea. Keep your eye on horror. (laughs)